Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, Valley Sports fans. Welcome to a very wit. Yeah, there we go. How about that? Should I start over? You want to give me a green light or something, Jarrett? No, you're good. Am I good? Yeah. Welcome to a windy Wednesday oh. in the Valley. You remind you of Chicago? Nah, <laughs> maybe a little bit. Yeah. It'd have to be about 60 degrees colder. Yeah, but yeah that's true. kind of. Yeah, the kind wind of. wind hits a little different in right? Chicago at this yeah. time of year. Well, as Sarah said during the update, yes, we have uh, day two of Newsmakers Week today. Very much excited about that. We've got Kevin Durant and his debut, hopefully just around the corner. Well, oh, these extra long All Star breaks. Oof, yeah, this they one want to do something about mm-hmm. this. One feels different than others too, because of because of all the speculation and anticipation. But the team's got to be reconvening at about this point, aren't they? I mean, they well, got yeah. a game in two days. The game was on the All Star game was on Sunday. Yeah, they don't play till Friday. Well, it on. takes a lot for those guys to recover from that uh, very very <laughs> daunting workload. No, it, it's it's really kind of weird. You think you could factor in those days and have less back the back somewhere along the line. I, I, I don't get this at all. This is crazy, right? I, I know when the Suns acquired... When did the Suns acquire Charles Barkley? December? No, it was uh, no, it was an it off was the beginning of the summer. Right. Yeah. No, no, I, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking in football terms. So that would have been that would have been in the summertime, yes. right? Uh-huh. Okay. So that so you're talking there were months waiting for Charles Barkley's debut. That's true. But there was no basketball to be played. Right. And so now the waiting for Kevin Durant, and yet, you know, it's, it's nobody's fault. Well, we're, we're waiting. waiting. Let's go while we're young. It's going to be a wild finish to the NBA season. I saw this this morning. I knew this, but I didn't know this. There are seven players in the NBA averaging north of 30 points per game. Which has got to be a record, doesn't it? If it holds, it will be. Yeah. yeah. Seven of them. And one of them is Shea Gilgis Alexander. Right, that's the one you probably wouldn't expect it, right? <laughs> max player. Remember when he got the max deal? We were like, what are they doing? Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they kind of knew what they were doing. Yeah, uh, that's pretty good. He's a heck of a player, but yeah. It used to be, if you had two guys north of 30, you're like, whoa, this is oh, quite a duel. Yeah. It's, you know uh, who's the only guy better than Shea Gilgis Alexander? Shea. Oh, is that how you say his name? Yeah. No, yeah, no the joke doesn't work if, that, if I said his name wrong. It probably wouldn't Do it have worked. Anyway. Probably wouldn't have worked anyway. <laughs> Give it a shot. Outgoing Gilgis Alexander. <laughs> what? Yeah, it uh it might have worked a little bit. Shy S H Y, like yeah, he's right. shy. I, yeah. Like, all right, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <gasps> Boo. Oh. <laughs> Boo. All right. Anybody else got anything else on their mind? Jared's always workshopping stuff for Friday. Man, I heard I, I, I heard two great jokes the other day. Can you tell you either told of them? I could. I, <laughs> no, they weren't. They were. They were old jokes. I could tell one real quick if you want. Mm-hmm. No, please. 
guy, guy goes to a uh, uh, bakery and says, I, I need you to bake a cake with a big B on it. The letter B. Mm-hmm. So he says, okay, come back tomorrow. So the guy comes back tomorrow. And he gives him the cake. Here's your cake, sir. And he goes, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you. I need This is cursive. I need just a, a regular block letter B. Oh, no problem. Come back tomorrow. We'll have it. So he comes back the next day. The baker says, here's your cake. Perfect. Just as you asked. And he says, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I wanted a lowercase B. This is a capital B, a lowercase B. He says, all right, fine. Come back tomorrow. Come back the next day. The guy gives him the cake again. See, here you go. Just as you did. Block letters, lowercase b. Perfect. Just the way you wanted it. He goes, oh, thank you so much. This is perfect. The baker goes, all right, fine. Great. Uh, what kind of box do you want in? The guy goes, oh, n- no box. I'll eat it here. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Right. Thank you, Jerry. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. Animal coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Uncle Jared's Comedy Barn. Uh, the Cardinals made some hirings official on Tuesday. They announced Drew Petzing as their new offensive coordinator. Nick Rollis is the new defensive coordinator and officially announced that Jeff Rogers is coming back for his fifth season as special teams coordinator. Petzing comes to Arizona after three years with the Browns under head coach Kevin Stefanski. Prior to that, six seasons with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, four of those seasons was a member of the same coaching staff as new Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon. Rollis, now the youngest coordinator in the NFL. Two years in Philadelphia on, on Nick Sirianni's staff where he worked with Gannon coaching line. Backers. Uh, the press conference uh, for Nick Rollis today at 2 o'clock at the mm-hmm. Arizona Cardinals Dignity Health uh, Training Center. Petting's press conference, same place, same time tomorrow afternoon. Very good. Uh, I think most people naturally are more interested in the Drew Petsing press conference yes. for obvious Kyler Murray related reasons. Yeah, there's going to be uh, a lot of intrigue and a lot of questions. We've, you know, Jonathan Gannon has been doing a lot of media, different interviews. The Albert Breer piece was was quite enlightening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but talking about that relationship with Kyler Murray and and you know the the vision that they have for Kyler Murray, it's it's, it's pretty interesting stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, at some point in time, they got to try to make this a reality, mm-hmm. and this is going to be really interesting to see if they can find that kind of lane. The window for NFL teams to use the franchise tag on players is now open through March 7th. Any player who receives the tag will be paid the average of the top five salaries in the league at their respective positions. Can still negotiate long-term contracts with the uh, team that gives that until July 15th. Lots of candidates for the tag, including two in New York, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Lamar Jackson of the Ravens, Washington's Deron Payne, Seattle's Geno Smith, all candidates to be tagged by their teams. That window is now open. Uh, Brock Purdy was scheduled to have elbow surgery yesterday, but that's been postponed. He had inflammation in that elbow, suffered a torn ulnar collateral ligament in his right elbow early in San Francisco's NFC Championship game lost to Philadelphia. Longer that lings on, lingers on, uh, the more questions the 49ers will have to answer about their quarterback. Yeah, position. yeah. Did no. you see the stats true. that Peter King put out there? 
about Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, who both finished up high yes. school in the same yes, year. Yes, I did. And the, the amount of football play, the that they of play, the foot, passes, yes. it's unreal uh-huh. how little football Trey Lance has uh, played. And they knew that. Uh, that, yeah. that was part of the flyer they took on him, was he did not have a lot of college experience at all. Yeah, yeah. North Dakota no, State cr- basically canceled yeah. a full season except for one showcase game for exactly. Trey Lance. Yeah, no, exactly. Crazy. Yep. Uh, Sun still a couple of days away from resuming their schedule Friday night against uh, Oklahoma City. There was some movement around the NBA on Tuesday. The Atlanta Hawks fired their head coach, Nate McMillan, after a 29-30 and start. Good for only eighth place in the Eastern Conference at the break. Former Suns assistant Joe Prunty takes over in the interim. But Atlanta is expected to make a push at Quinn Snyder, who is currently out of the league after spending eight years as the head coach of the Jazz. There's been a lot of strife between Nate McMillan and Trey Young all year. Oh. And the statement has been made by yeah. Atlanta ownership. Yeah. I think it's a short leash for Trey Young, too, by the way. Yeah, well, now now they've got to respond. I mean, that yeah. basketball team's one game under five hundred. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and Nate's a really solid dude, but you're, you're, you got to the root of that. Yeah, in the NBA, we know who wins those battles. Yes. <laughs> and it ain't the coach. No, it ain't. Another coach, Jacques Vaughn, got a multi-year contract extension from the Brooklyn Nets. Vaughn was promoted to head coach after Steve Nash was fired in November. He's done a good job, 32-19 and 19, mm-hmm. as the uh, head coach in Brooklyn. Uh, now all of their drama has been traded away. The Chicago Bulls have shut down point guard Lonzo Ball for the remainder of the season as he continues to have discomfort in his left knee. Ball's missed all of this year, has not played an NBA game since last January, has had two knee surgeries since then. There's a lot of concern when you know people were asking for updates on Lonzo Ball. He said, I can't play. It, I'm in too much pain, which is rare, um, you know, after a pretty routine injury slash surgery yeah. for, for Lonzo Ball, I, you don't right. hear about this very often. No, no, you don't. This uh, college basketball story is wild. Alabama freshman forward Brandon Miller allegedly provided a handgun that was used to kill a woman in January, according to Tuscaloosa police. Detective Brandon Culpepper testified this week that Miller received a text from former teammate Darius Miles, one of two men charged with the murder of Jamea Janae Harris. Miller has not been charged. Uh, and Alabama head coach Nate Oates said yesterday the program has been aware of Miller's connection to the events. Quote, Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor is he in any trouble in this case. Wrong spot at the wrong time. That got a reaction. Yeah, he didn't walk that back. That, that, listen, and, either he had the facts wrong or he has got a big problem. Uh, he didn't have the... He, well, they had knowledge of the connection. He Greg came Burr out later. He's got a scandal on his hands. He does. And later in the day, Oates released a statement clarifying what he called unfortunate remarks, uh, saying, In no way did I intend to downplay the seriousness of the situation or the tragedy of that night. My prayers continue to go out uh, to Jamea Harris's family. Uh, Miller, by the way, leading scorer for the second-ranked Crimson Tide, expected to be a high lottery pick. I've seen him projected to go as high as number three in He's the draft. He's one of the best young players in the nation, yeah. and, and now there's this going on. There was a time when Alabama reached number one in basketball. I thought the world had stopped spinning. Yeah. And now this has happened literally a couple of weeks later. It's a crazy story. Yeah. Greg Byrne has a scandal on his hands. Means he'll probably leave for another job again. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> the man gives you a pair of pants, and that's how you repay him, No, Jerry? he didn't. He gave me a hat and a shirt. Oh. I wanted the pants. Oh, that's he never I got wanted the pants. the pants. That's why you're saying this, because he didn't give you pants. I get it now. Uh, Phoenix Mercury made it official yesterday. They re-signed Brittany Griner to a one-year deal after missing all of last year from uh, her arrest and uh, detainment in Russia. 
for um, charges of carrying vape canisters containing cannabis oil. Well, and listen, and there are a lot of people who think that because of Brittany Griner, the idea of WNBA players flying commercial has got to come to an end because uh, she can't be just flying commercial rolling through airports the amount of haters out there for yes, her it's yeah, a it's huge topic good. oh and we will talk to uh, mercury yeah. gm jim Pittman yes, we about will. that today yes, as newsmakers we week day two rolls on uh which will kick off at 6 45 we'll get the wrap up from 2023 waste management phoenix open chairman pat williams to start things off but coming up next cardinals coaching staff filling in nicely filling in quickly we'll get into the latest developments on that next it's bickley and Murata mornings here on this wednesday on arizona sports the local Local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Marotta Mornings. My first thought when I get off the phone is, man, I can tell how people, uh, when they, like if he has a free agent in there, money notwithstanding, um, people will want to come and play for this guy. He's uh, he's very convincing. He's very um, enthusiastic. He really believes in himself, and he believes in what he's selling. That is Peter King, NBC Sports, the preeminent football scribe in America, mm-hmm. joining Wolf and Luke yesterday on Arizona Sports, talking about people wanting to play for the new Cardinals head coach, Jonathan Gannon. And I'm not going to sit here on, on February 22nd, Bick, and pretend I know how this is going to go for Jonathan Gannon and the Cardinals, but early impressions uh, and what Peter King just says, just said in, the, in that soundbite, mm-hmm. that's exactly one of the things that the Cardinals needed. Just coming from uh, the collapse that they did, the, the, the end of the Kingsbury era with all of the distraction and dysfunction that they went through in 2022, somebody who is excited to mm-hmm. be a part of a rebuild with this team, and mm-hmm. Jonathan Gannon fits that bill right now. Again, I don't know how this is going to go, but early on, this is this is what the Cardinals needed. Uh, well, yes, and it's exactly what it should be. Again, these are these are batting practice home runs. He's hit us. Yes. And they're the kind of home runs you can hit as a head coach if you've got the personality and you commit to using the platforms you have to communicate. And that's, I think, this is clearly what Jonathan Gannon has done. He's smart enough to recognize not only what he needed to say to get the job, but he's smart enough to say what what needs to be said about this football team and everything going forward. Yeah, look, I mean, if you watch if you watch the videos and the clips of every interview he's done, he's been very engaged he looks you in the eye he's referencing every questioner by name yeah he's he's working it these again this these are these are things that I've never I never understood for the life of me why Cliff Kingsbury rejected all this stuff but but Jonathan Gannon to his credit understands the power of communication the power yeah it's easy for me to say <laughs> the powers of the powers of being communicative I'm sorry, I wanted to, I wanted a lowercase b right exactly I'll eat that here I get a fork Ferret. Uh, here's more from uh, Peter King on uh, Jonathan Gannon. This coming year is probably going to be, I don't want to necessarily say a lean year, but I mean, this almost certainly is not going to be a championship season for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, but no surprise, if, if Bill Belichick uh, was the coach of this team, it wouldn't be a championship season. But, but I do think that he believes in... Uh, building it 
um, really from the ground up and was very uh, instrumental in how the Eagles' defense was built. I mean, obviously, Howie Roseman is the one calling all the shots there. Yeah, and that'll be interesting, Mm -hmm. too, what Gannon's influence is in what is a roster rebuild. Mm -hmm. We talked about the the big number of Cardinals free agents. I don't expect the majority of those guys to be even considered to come back. There's a few key guys that, you know, Zach Allen among them. Uh, But I'm I'm curious to see what kind of influence, especially with some former Philadelphia Eagles who played for Jonathan Gannon the last couple years. ESPN had their list of the top 50 free agents and what fit. Uh, mm-hmm. is good for them. Mm-hmm. They had James Bradbury listed as the 13th best corner or be- best free agent available and best team fit Arizona Cardinals. So well, I, you, know what I, they, you know what they say about Bradbury, Vinny. He holds you in the most important times. He's really yeah, so you you really can't, can't pass on a guy like that. Which is what I'm looking for right. as a partner. I mean, <laughs> I someone to hold you in all the very important times. Just hold me and yeah, tell me everything's me. going right, to be exactly. all right. Exactly. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Again, I, I think this is this is a very very good place to park this football team for the next few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is a lot of heavy lifting to do here in terms of the roster, in terms of getting Kyler Murray uh, acclimated with whatever offense is being installed. It's going to be it's going to be paramount that Kyler Murray is here every day, and that's good. That's going to be. I hope that won't be battle number one because the fact that he is not physically able sort of really kind of amplifies the fact that he is going to have to be here just doing all this mental work and visualizing and all that stuff. So all of this from what Jonathan Gannon is, is saying is good. He, yes. uh, it, right down to the fact that every time he's been asked about Kyler Murray, he's done exactly what we've thought the new candidate should do. Instead of talk about what he can't do, be excited about what he is. And he's clearly been that. You hit the nail on the head, though, because this, you know, last year... The results on the field, the results in the win loss column, those you know those seeds were planted back in the off season, before Kyler Murray got his contract extension. How many times did we talk about it was a daily thing? Is Kyler going to show up? Is he going to participate? That kind of planted the seeds. That that's in the past now. And, and you're right, he's not physically able to participate, but his presence will mean a ton. His presence. In working with a new offensive coordinator, learning the nuances of this yes. new system, yes. but also for the holdovers, the guys that were there last year uh, that, that were probably noticing, where's our quarterback? And mm-hmm. you heard about it at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Those seeds were planted very early, and, and his presence being here every day, it sounds rudimentary, it sounds elementary, mm-hmm. but it is incredibly important for this team moving forward. Okay, so one of the things that, that, that you have to be cautioned about is the fact that, okay, it, this all sounds sounds well and good now. If it doesn't get results, these kind of things can get off the rails very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about a young guy who's unconventional to the point where he touts the fact that he doesn't have a playbook and, and he adapts to everything, there's going to be some eye rolling. And uh, I, I tell you, young and unconventional, it's great when you haven't lost a game yet. Yes. So... Here's hoping. Here's hoping it works. I've seen cases where where this has happened. To I remember a manager once um, back in Chicago took over the White Sox, and he uh, before he even managed a game, 
he, he talked to reporters and he made this story about how you know what I, I don't just look at the stats. If a guy if a guy's up to bat and he lines out to the shortstop, I make I make notes of that because that that's a good at bat. Even though he made it out and he he built this long case about how his notebook, how his handy dandy notebooks were like the key to revolutionary success in Major League Baseball. Guy was laughed out of the league within a couple of months. Okay, so so the stuff that can sound great when there are no games to be played, this all has to translate. And the way to me it's going to translate is exactly what you said. If Kyler Murray is all in to the point where, okay, yeah. I'm here every day. What do you want from me? Yeah. Can't play, but I can learn. But I, but but I'm buying into you yes. so much because of what I've been through that I'm here every day. If that happens, then you know this stuff is taking root. Yeah. If the quarterback is off by himself and everyone's looking at themselves going, where's one at? I don't know, man. Oh, so it's not important to him? Is he showing up? I don't know, man. No, it, 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 it's a great question. It, it, it's an example, finally, for Kyler Murray yeah, to set. To sh- exactly. Yes. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, load management continues to be a talking point in the NBA, and a lot of people are upset about it, including one very prominent analyst who thinks it's going to lead to bad things coming up. We'll get into all of it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. If there's anything I could change about the league to make it better, probably just all the guys sitting resting. That's the only thing I probably don't like. Um, just play, man. If you if you if you if you eighty percent seven, you got to play. I, I don't I don't like all the sitting missing games and stuff like these people. These people might have enough money to come to one game. You know what I'm saying? And it, that might be the game they come to, and then you sitting out. You know what I'm saying? So I take pride in trying to play every game because I don't know. It might be one fan that has never seen me play, and I'm trying to play. So I don't. That's the only thing I don't like. Uh, guys just sitting out. That's Anthony Edwards of the Minnesota Timberwolves at the All-Star Game in Salt Lake City over the weekend. Asked that question, what's one thing you would change about the league? He was honest about it. Anthony Edwards, to his credit, as a young player, he's one of those guys that's always available. He's out mm. there. He's playing. Uh, and you heard his thoughts. If you're 70 or 80%, you got to play. That is not the trend. Guys like Anthony Edwards and Mikel Bridges are the rarities in, in the game. Uh, when you talk about superstars, like Kawhi Leonard comes to mind, a guy who uh, is two years removed, basically, from a knee injury, but still managing that injury. And load management continues to be this huge topic, and um, you know it, it's something that gets talked about a lot, and fans don't like it. Uh, it's not all on the players. The training staffs are involved. I think the coaches are involved to a certain degree. It's frustrating, though. It is. And yeah. it, it could be more than frustrating moving forward, according to Charles Barkley, who over the weekend also spoke about this subject and what it could lead to in his mind. He did say it, trust me. What the NBA is doing, uh, they should at least do some messages like, okay, what are we going to do about load management? The next thing you see going to come out like, okay, you can't take my mind at the end and say you want to divorce me in six months to a year. Because you can only get the max from us. You can't take all my money and then say, hey, I want a divorce. So I'm pretty sure that's the next thing that's going to come out of the CBA. I told you, I don't think there's no doubt in my mind these guys going get locked out. But these owners
owners, you can't take all their money and treat these owners and fans like crap. What these players are starting to do right now, with loads management, taking the money, then demand to be traded. No doubt in my mind these guys are going to get locked out. Uh, interesting thoughts. Very Char- interesting. Charles Barkley speaking like a guy who's never been divorced, though. <laughs> but anyway, okay. the point on, on the load management leading to a, a lockout, yeah. hey, that's something that's on the horizon, possibly. Well, and so, yeah, and I think that's a, and for Charles Barkley to guarantee that, I think that this is, uh, pretty newsworthy. Mm-hmm. And so basically what he is saying is that, that, that owners are going to demand something from players to make them stop doing what they're doing. And that would be to quit acting like they are that empowered that they can do what Kevin Durant did over the summer. Not now, but over the summer, and uh, requesting a trade right after being paid, especially after sitting out a year where they paid him to rehab. Uh, so there's that, and then there's the fact of the load management thing. And so I think that what Charles Barkley is saying is that he's hearing from enough people, moneyed people, big-type uh, executives in the NBA, probably in the uh, broadcasting industry, that the owners have had enough of this. That the owners had, have had enough of their television, their regular season television product being tremendously diluted. Yes, but – if if the in the CBA negotiations and it, it came to a head this particular subject, if the players' side went to ownership and said, "All right, load management can melt away, can be a thing of the past, but we need a the only way this is going to happen is if the owners say, "Okay, we'll reduce the number of games, so we don't have back to backs. We'll eliminate that problem." The owners are never going down that road. The mm-hmm. owners can hate load management all they want, but the way this is, you know, evolved over the years, they're stuck on 82 games. Mm-hmm. In fact, they're thinking about adding an in-season tournament that might have an international well, flair to it just how? to get more product out there. They're they're not going to give up those gate receipts because you know what? If if Kawhi Leonard is playing or not playing, the people in the seats at Crypto.com Arena are paying the same amount of money mm-hmm. to see that product. All right. How many – so have have the the advent of back-to-back games, have they grown considerably since the era of Charles Barkley? No. When the old – okay. So I think, I think that's their mindset. Their mindset is this never used to be an issue for the NBA's greatest players. Why is it an issue for you? Because uh, well, and that goes back to the player empowerment, which the owners allowed, and it mm-hmm. was viewed as a real plus for the league. Look at how progressive we are. Our, we know that our our players are our product. We're going to empower those players, and then all of a sudden, you can't put a governor on that empowerment. Uh, I don't think the league ever did it. I think the players just did it themselves. I think the players have just taken this, and I think that's the issue. I don't think I don't think empowerment's ever been granted to NBA players. I think because of LeBron, they've just started. You know what? I don't care about you, 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 or you, or you. Well, I'm I'm all about me. You're 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 probably right about yeah, that. And, but, and I mean, I, to your point about the back to back. I was I was uh, on Twitter the other day, and Arizona Sports History put something out. There was a stretch in the late 60s, early 70s, where the Phoenix Suns played five road games 
in five nights. Wow. A stretch what? of seven wow. games in nine days. Wow, that's a busy stretch, huh? Yes. What was the circus in town? When you're talking. Rodeo. <laughs> but you're talking about an yeah. era where there was no technology. They were wearing lousy shoes. They were traveling commercial. They didn't have chefs and massage therapists yeah. and, you know, 18 well, assistant coaches and all of those Their things. careers were shorter, too, though. Yes. Well, what's interesting about this, uh, I think it was, I think it was Stan Van Gundy was complaining about uh, he was complaining about the load management, and that that's when Kevin Durant said Stan Spitten. Yeah, and then uh, and then then Stan thought he was getting into an argument with Kevin Durant, and Kevin's like, No, no, you don't understand. When I say you're spitting, it means I agree with He's you. Like, okay, boomer. It means right. It means it means what you're saying is fire, fire. It means you're lit. Okay, so but but Kevin Durant is part of the other part of the issue here that's being identified, and that is you can't accept big money contracts from teams and then go, oh, you know what? Ew, get me out! I want out of here, or I'm not playing. And again, this but, is this is let's let's not sugarcoat this now that Kevin Durant's in Phoenix. He went to the Nets last summer and and blew up the league by asking for a trade. Yes, but. When you when you take a contract under certain provisions and those and those conditions change on you, Kevin Durant was in Brooklyn for one reason, and that was to play with Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant didn't have a crystal ball. He didn't know Kyrie Irving, who was weird at the time, was going to get exponentially weirder when he got well, to Brooklyn. Probably should have, because most well, most other people did kinda know he was kinda weird. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, it's yeah. I, again, it's 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 convenient to blame it all on Kyrie and James. I get all that. No, I, I mean they're all culpable. Yeah. I mean, so I think that the question now, really, the bigger issue is: is Charles Barkley really hearing things, or is it just yap? Is it just leverage kind of yap? Well, that is, you know, with with all of the forward momentum of the NBA, and I know, I'm not saying it's perfect, but you know, the, as a league, they've got their stuff pretty much together in terms of of labor, mm-hmm. the, the absence of labor strife. You know, there hasn't been a, a a lockout in quite some time. They can't afford that. The Suns can't afford it. They've no. got an old team. Yeah, lockouts. No, they, lockouts right. push everything back. They do. Yeah. So that's uh, to me. It just it's it's interesting commentary from from Chuckles about it because you know th- those are heavy claims and Chuck Chuck he hangs around big people, mm-hmm. so I'm sure he's hearing some stuff. I hope he's wrong in this case. Yeah, uh, just announced Guns and Roses heading to Chase Field October 11th. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. But you can win a pair now by texting Roses to 620-620. Once again, just text Roses to 620-620 for your chance to win. Uh, coming up next, we kick off Newsmakers Week, Day 2, 2023, with the 2023 WM Phoenix Open chairman, Pat Williams, who joins us in studio next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings. Newsmakers Week, day two, 2023, here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. First of six guests today, a guy who uh, just finished up his role as the WM Phoenix Open Chairman for 2023 uh, and another smashing success of a tournament. Pat Williams joins us in the Ak-Chin Community Studios. Pat, thanks for coming in. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Uh, so I feel there there must be a big load off your shoulders, Pat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're yeah. not kidding. Uh-huh. You're not kidding. No, we had a great week, obviously. Um, 
great turnout, great weather. I mean, I mean, look at the weather on both sides of the tournament. You know, we got really lucky that Fortune Bowl Valley did with the Super Bowl that weekend. Even how that weather was great. I yeah. was uh, I was thinking about you Sunday night and Monday morning when that weather rolled in. <laughs> yeah. We were like, wow, you could not have yeah. timed that what, any better. What kind of contract did you have to offer Mother Nature? <laughs> right. that the amount of messages I got. How lucky was this? Yeah. Uh huh. Right. Okay. So uh, what what were the, what are the observations from thirty thousand feet? There, the the course looked great. You had some new amenities out there. You had some new <clears throat> gathering areas. That 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 food sitting area, bar area, right between right Nine at, and at 10, ten. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean the overall the thirty thousand foot view is we had a great week mm-hmm. and we had a great champion. Of course, Scotty Scheffler is a repeat champion. When he won on Sunday at our tournament, he was number one in the world. Now John Rom wins last week and yeah. he's back to number one. But we had a great week, great attendance, great fans, and as you mentioned, the fan zone and, and some of the new amenities were awesome. And um, sixteen didn't disappoint. I mean, the most exciting hole in golf, and uh, we had a lot of great shots again. Yeah, and uh, you know, Scotty Scheffler. I think I, I had the list in front of me at one point, but you know, rare company to be a repeat champion in the history of this tournament. I mean, yeah. guys like Arnold Palmer are on that. Arnold list. Palmer, Jimmy Demerit, um, most recently Hideki Matsuyama. Yeah. yeah. So, and he's just I've I've had a chance. I don't know him, but I've had a chance to get to spend some time with him, and he's a great champion for this tournament. I mean, he's a terrific guy. His wife has has been fantastic, and so we're we were really thrilled to have him win. Now, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about because uh, as a veteran of the, of Saturday at 16, um, I, there was a lot of uh, stuff I hadn't seen in quite some time. I, I saw the bleachers around the green kind of clear out. I know you guys cut off alcohol sales a little bit early out there. Uh, were you guys trying to be ultra careful this year, or or did you guys realize that, look, these these guys, on who, the ones who, who breach etiquette and were throwing water bottles now, I mean, because yeah. you went to great lengths now to get the <clears throat> beer in cups, and now here comes water bottles. Did you guys have to kind of... We did. We, we had a few people escorted out this year that we unfortunately didn't want to do, but the Cups were a big success. I mm-hmm. mean, the beer cans last year were obviously a problem, and it's player safety and fan safety. So the Cups that we installed were a great success. Water bottles... Coke, things like that were thrown. I, I will tell you, Dan, I, you know, Saturday morning at 6 a.m., they were lined up again. We had thousands of people who mm-hmm. run out to 16. And I think maybe what you saw Saturday afternoon is just, <clears throat> if you have to use the restroom, it's one in, one out, mm-hmm. right? So we did clear some people out just for okay. safety and things you mentioned. But there was a line all day. And so you may have just gotten it at, at a point. Okay. But, I just mm-hmm. I, I thought at one point in time it looked like for the first time in the mid-afternoon on Saturday, people yeah. were tapping out and going elsewhere, which I hadn't seen. And but I'm not saying that there isn't – when I see water bottles being thrown now, I'm yeah. like, okay, you, you guys need to corral this. We have work to do still to fix that. Yeah. We, we're actually have already met on it since the tournament to see what we can do to fix that. Did you get any reports on Bickley's behavior at 16 on Saturday? <laughs> the, good news, the good news we did have is we did not have any player complaints. Um, and so, and so that, that's good news because coming right. off the beer year, uh, right. no. Yeah. but right. no complaints. Right. Right. Pat Williams, uh, WM Phoenix Open chairman, uh, our guest does Newsmakers Week rolls on here on Arizona Sports. We talked to you the week of the tournament. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was uh, going into round two on Friday, or during round two on Friday. And the subject of, hey, we've never had to cap ticket sales before. But, right. but you did it. 
Do you think that will be the trend moving forward, Pat? I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, the, the term sold out was kind of put in the, in the press, and it really wasn't sold out. We stopped selling, and there's a uh-huh. difference. I mean, we have a 200-acre property. We could have sold more tickets. The fan experience is what's really important to us, and so we had incredible demand, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. this year, and we just made a decision on Friday, Saturday. We, we knew already what we had sold, higher numbers than previous years, and we decided for fan experience, lines, parking, restrooms, concessions, let's just take a pause here and not sell anymore. Whether or not we do that going forward, we'll see. We'll, we can. We have the ability to, to make that decision on the fly, mm. and we made it this year, and we think it was the right decision. The uh, And it wasn't just Scotty Sheffer winning. John Rahm was high up on that uh, little leaderboard for most of the time, and, and you, you watch John now, and it's a lot of thoughts go through my head about Phil Mickelson, who is so responsible for the evolution of this tournament, yep. and, and how he's just not part of this anymore, and there's some sadness to that, but time passes us all, and John is now the guy. He I is. mean, he is beloved on the ground. So. He's beloved. We had a great leaderboard. I mean, J- uh, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, and of course, John all finished in our top yeah. 10. And John's local, great ambassador mm-hmm. of the Phoenix Open, great ambassador. What people don't see is on Tuesday of the week of the tournament, John came out and spoke to a thousand kids who were part of the first tee program. He does a lot more than just on the golf mm-hmm. course. And you're right. Phil's been huge for our tournament, has made his own decision. You know, <clears throat> this year was huge for us because we were the first full field designated tournament. Yeah. So we had a huge purse. Scotty won $3.6 million. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, John won three point six on Sunday at Riviera. Yeah. So yeah. these guys are making enormous money. Oh, it, it's uh, yes. Listen, for, for the for the good of the PGA Tour, the way this season has started has been spectacular yep. on, on, on those terms. All right. When you take a look at, at, at everything in terms of that relationship with the PGA Tour, um, they know how good you guys are at what you do. Because now you've won all the awards. They, yep. they want every other... T- tournament on tour to be more like you guys in terms of community engagement, charitable contributions, all that stuff. Did you check the box in terms of getting that elevated status again, or is that something? We don't know yet. We hope so. I will tell you this. If you listen to the players and some of the things, Rory McIlroy was on, you know, in the media center on Wednesday and said, I think this should be a designated event every year. And the players have been huge supporters. We had a chance to meet with the commissioner during the week of our tournament. We don't know yet. We got great feedback, and we're trying, as you said, Dan, to do everything that the tour is asking us to do to make sure that we maintain that status going forward. And I, I, I certainly hope we do. Um, it's important to us that we do we keep that status. And we think, as you said, we're doing everything the tour asks us to do. It's all back to charitable give, right? Oh, yeah. And that's, yeah. you know, we're, gonna, we're not ready to announce it yet, but we're going to have a big give. And that's important to the tour as well. And it's because our community supports the tournament so well. I'm curious on, the, on that process with this being the first, you know, elevated purse and designated event. What else goes into that process for, for you and, and your staff as planners to determine whether or not you reach that status? Well, we, we, we found out we were going to be designated last fall. It was probably Vince in November. Mm-hmm. We're already 60% through our construction of our you know, city out there in Scottsdale at that time. So the tour made that decision last fall before we were already committed with a lot of capital. Um, we hope to hear sooner this year. Yeah. We're going to do it again. We've done it for 25 years out yeah. there. We're going to go build again, and we're going to get the great community support regardless. <clears throat> but we're constantly talking to them, and we, we would love to know sooner than later um, 
the status for next year. What do you think? Uh, is it is? Uh, I know the schedule now is Tiger's biggest issue, but but you still see even at at this age and where he's at in terms of competitively, uh, just the the way he moves the meter. It's just it's stunning. Yeah, I mean, Tiger playing this past week in L.A., It's Genesis is his tournament. Right. Mm-hmm. We, I would have loved to have had Tiger. He wasn't going to play back-to-back. He just can't really do that anymore. But Tiger's, I mean, Tiger's <clears throat> fingerprints are all over our tournament. Mm-hmm. His hole-in-one in 97 is arguably the most important shot that's ever happened in the Phoenix Open. If you look at that hole compared to what it is today, oh, yeah. I don't think it happens unless Tiger makes that hole in no, one. I think you're right. So, you know, his his impact on this tournament is deep, too, and he's the needle mover in golf, for sure. Right. This is an interesting issue to me, and I don't know if this is even materialized yet, but, you know, the NFL is always looking at expanding its season. If they go to 18 games, if the Super Bowl keeps moving... Are you guys moving with it, or is that is that just down the road? Down the road, I would. My gut would tell you probably not, um, just because you think about the tour schedule. After they leave Phoenix, they go to L.A. and then they go to their East Coast swing in yeah, Florida. That's right. And so, if if it would, a lot of things would have to line up. Um, the next time. That really comes into play if they do move it down. Who knows what the tour schedule looks like, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, with all of these things happening with the tour and who's designated and who's not, um, the, the 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 schedule could change for the tour as you as you look five ten years down the road. It's uh, w- one of the things that dawned on me because um, I was covering the Super Bowl on that Sunday, but but the Sunday at the Open this year, it felt more like a real golf tournament because and it's because of that leaderboard. Do you think that that's this is speaks well to the future of golf that that the these young leaderboards that are now materializing fairly frequently is is something that's going to be really good for the game. I think so. I mean, if you look, we were as as you said, we were really fortunate to have a great Sunday leaderboard, yeah. and that makes the fans come out. It does change a little bit of the environment of the Phoenix Open that Sunday. But I mean, look again at the last four weeks of the tour. Mm-hmm. It seems like all these same names are popping up every week, and a lot of them. It's great for us. Are local. I mean, we talked about John Rahm, but look at Max Homa. I mean, he's another local love, person now. Love that guy. Everyone loves him. And yeah. if you saw what he said yesterday after losing or Sunday to, about John Rahm, I mean, he's just so likable. And that helps the tour as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of really well, likable tour yeah, players. And it's, and it's good that all the jerk faces are on that other tour. <laughs> you, you said that. You said that. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. How did you celebrate when it was all over with? I rest. Um, yeah, okay. I, got, I got home probably midway through the first quarter with my wife, and, um, and I got some rest. It was it was a really fun week, a long week, but yeah. uh, I was kind of a zombie for a couple days. Was after it a week? It's, week. Like a year. it's a year. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short, Pat. Right, exactly. Congratulations on another great event. Job yeah, well done. Thank Thanks you, for coming appreciate in today. We appreciate. Yeah, we appreciate your support. Yeah. Thank you, Pat Williams, 2023 WM Phoenix Open Chairman, our guest here on Newsmakers Week, and it rolls on next. As we'll have a visit with the new Arizona State head football coach Kenny Dillingham. Straight ahead, it's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Octane Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.